Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house. It's Wednesday, July 12th. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. There is a shortage of certified nursing assistants in Missouri. Without us, they're going to be lost because your doctors are not going to do that bedside care that needs to be done. We'll hear from a 40-year CNA veteran and her thoughts on the position's importance to the state's health care system in just a few minutes. The St. Louis City Board of Education has approved a new blueprint to start addressing some of the biggest issues facing schools. But as St. Louis Public Radio's Kate Grumke reports, some think the document is lacking. St. Louis Public Schools leaders called for a citywide plan for education after closing seven schools in 2021. A year of meetings and $600,000 later, the district has accepted a blueprint its leaders say is a starting point. But this is not what former Board of Education President Dorothy Rohde Collins was hoping for. It's frustrating to see a two-year-long process end in essentially the same place that it started. We've talked a lot about what the problems are for many years. The problems are are well documented, but the solutions aren't. Current Board Vice President Matt Davis says the blueprint's value was in bringing together education stakeholders who don't normally talk. I'm Kate Grimke, St. Louis Public Radio. A Southeast Missouri state senator is running for lieutenant governor. Republican Holly Rader is seeking to succeed Lieutenant Governor Mike Keogh, who is running for governor. Writer served for eight years in the House before winning a Senate seat in 2020. Other possible Republican candidates for lieutenant governor include House Speaker Dean Plocker and former Senator Bob Onder. State Representative Richard Brown of Kansas City is running for the Democratic nomination. State Senator Carla May is making the case that she is the best Democratic candidate to take on Republican U.S. Senator Josh Hawley next year. St. Louis Public Radio's Jason Rosenbaum reports on how the state lawmaker from St. Louis plans to navigate a crowded Democratic primary. During a Tuesday press conference in St. Louis, May contended that she possessed the right record of accomplishment in Jefferson City. That includes contributing to bills overhauling criminal justice and obtaining key funding for the city of St. Louis. She added that she's ready to work hard to outflank Lucas Kuntz and Wesley Bell in the run-up to next year's Democratic primary. Because they always underestimate. And I am a strong candidate in my history in this state, and my record speaks for itself. May and Bell are both black, while Kuntz is white. She says she's not concerned that by running, she'll split the African-American vote with Bell and give Kuntz a better chance of winning. I'm Jason Rosenbaum, St. Louis Public Radio. Supporters of a bill containing language to broaden Missouri's restitution laws for the wrongfully convicted say it's disheartening the governor cites that provision in his veto. Mike Parson says he rejected the criminal law legislation in part because taxpayers should not pay for prosecutorial errors. Empower Missouri's Gwen Smith says taxpayer dollars should go toward reviewing possible wrongful convictions. I would certainly, as a taxpayer in Missouri, rather have you know, courts spend time reopening those cases and examining those, then have, you know, more and more people um, continue to remain in our prisons for crimes that they did not commit. Smith hopes Parsons' veto will inspire debate among lawmakers to come up with a plan that eventually receives bipartisan support. Scientists in St. Louis say they have a device that can detect coronavirus particles in the air 
within minutes. St. Louis Public Radio's Sarah Fenton reports engineers and neurologists at Washington University developed the microwave-sized machine during the pandemic. A study released this week in the journal Nature Communications shows the monitor works as well or better than existing detectors. Unlike other machines that detect pathogens, the device does not require an off-site lab test. The machine sucks air into itself that creates a vortex inside the box. That concentrates coronavirus particles, which are then detected with electrodes. Carla Yudi is a psychiatry professor at WashU. She and another scientist had developed the electrode for Alzheimer's research, but thought the technology could also work for the coronavirus. This is really the first one that can do it all in the same spot and give you kind of a real-time output or, you know, every five minutes. Scientists say the machines could cost around $1,000 and be used in hospitals and office buildings. I'm Sarah Fenton, St. Louis Public Radio. An upcoming research initiative by the Regional Arts Commission of St. Louis is aiming to better understand artists' needs. The Creatives Count Survey is a months-long effort to help commission leaders learn about the region's artistic makeup. Collected information will be anonymous but used for grant opportunities and commission programs. Lisa Marie Thalhammer is a St. Louis-based visual artist. She says initiatives aimed at supporting artists are critical to keeping them in the region. We need funding. We need money to live. We need money to eat, to pay our rent, to pay our bills. You know, we're creative businesses, and, uh, you know, we have operating expenses. The commission will present its findings in October. A Missouri author who's written more than 100 books for children and teachers is the state's seventh poet laureate. Gregory Holman has more. Springfield children's author David Harrison has earned countless honors over his lifetime, including honorary doctorates from Missouri State and Drury Universities, as well as an elementary school bearing his name. Harrison said he's delighted by the news and plans to focus on fostering the love of poetry writing among young students. Poetry requires that we think in pictures and images and and how do we get that into words? How do we describe to the next person what we're, what we're feeling and seeing and thinking? So that, it's a wonderful incubator for writers. Harrison says poetry helps people learn to communicate more creatively, effectively, and with fewer words. I'm Gregory Holman in Springfield. The importance and weaknesses of Missouri's health care system were intensified during the pandemic. The shortage of nurses, especially in rural areas, stretched many health care providers to their limits. As part of Missouri Health Talks, a project listening to Missourians' conversations about access to health care, Corinne Ganschnitz in Boss, Missouri, told her story. She's been a CNA, or a certified nursing assistant, for nearly 40 years and spoke about the shortage of CNAs in Missouri and how that can impact health care systems and patient care. There has been a lot of shortages, um, more um, due to the pandemic, and I really feel that shed a light about the shortages, but the shortages have always been there. Um, There's a lot of CNAs that are leaving the field due to lack of support by their management, by their administrators. Um, They're leaving because of the rate of pay. And it's really um, causing a lot of issues in long-term care and in home health. And it's really putting our elders that we care for in a predicament that could cause harm. We are the backbone to 
uh, long-term care, assistant living, home health, home care, hospice. We do everything that most people do not care to do. Um, it is a low paying job, but it's not all about the money. It's having the compassion to be so involved and be connected in our residents and clients and patients' lives on a daily basis. And without us, they're going to be lost because your doctors are not going to do that bedside care that needs to be done. Without us, I am really afraid there won't be that care that is needed for our elders to survive in this world. They're going to be forgotten without us. You know, a lot of people tend to look down as being a CNA. Um, we do get asked a lot, why don't you want to go on and be an LPN or why don't you want to go on and be an RN? And I think a lot of people need to stop saying that because being a CNA is a very rewarding career. You know, we don't get the spotlight all the time. And the other thing is, um, you know, as CNAs, we do not judge who we take care of. So I wish they would not pass judgment against us. And I hope that people will see us as professionals because we are professionals. We want to be part of the team. Hopefully our pay will increase and um, just really let them know that we are part of the team. We are professionals and, you know, rely on us because we rely on, on them to keep leading us in the right direction. That was CNA Corinne Ganschnitz in Boss, Missouri, speaking about the important work of CNAs. This report is by Katie Quinn and producer Rebecca Smith. It's a collaboration between public radio station KBIA in Columbia and Missouri Business Alert. Ashley Lisenby is the news director of St. Louis Public Radio, a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at choosewood.com.